Hello, JMU Chi Alpha. I'm so happy to be here. And fun fact, I used to say hello, Chi Alpha, like every Monday night when I was at UVA. And every now and then I got to do it with Josh. And so that was a fun time in my past. And it is just such an honor to be with you all tonight to be back with my Chi Alpha family. Uh, like Katie mentioned, I. Um, went to UVA, but before I went to UVA, I grew up in Nova, uh, 7FA. I was like, I know there's got to be a few of you guys out there. Um, and I now live in Baltimore. I live in Baltimore um, with a roommate and her adorable mini golden doodle. I don't know if you guys are like familiar with that, but they're literally like teeny little teddy bears that are like dogs too. It's awesome. It's like the God's perfect creature. Um, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know if that's bad to say. But um, he's so cute and that's a life hack in itself. Like if you want an adorable puppy, like you don't have to buy one and train one and do all that work. Just get a roommate who has an adorable puppy you get all the cuddles none of the work okay if that's a takeaway from the sermon you know that's a good one um uh, but yeah so as Katie mentioned I went to UVA what she didn't mention is that after UVA I did an internship with Chi Alpha and that was um, truly an incredible experience for me just you know Josh has always said you know that Chi Alpha changes the world one disciple at a time and I saw that during my time at UVA being a part of Chi Alpha and it was such a great blessing to be able to um, you know just join that mission as an intern with Chi Alpha at UVA and I got the amazing honor of having like I said Josh as my boss and Katie as my mentor and really there's not enough I could say about the two of them they um, I can say from personal experience that you guys are incredibly blessed to have them to lead your Chi Alpha. They both individually and together have made an impact on my life and I could list dozens of names of lives that they have changed um, at the time at UVA. Um, so they are just incredible people, very special people to me and I can't thank you enough for even giving me this opportunity to come speak to your Chi Alpha. So thank you again Katie. Like I said, you guys. You're blessed. Um, <laughs> but I should mention too, I went to law school and there's a lot of things I could say about that. I'll mention that a little bit. Um, but now I'm kind of a JD and when I get my bar results back, hopefully I'll be like a real attorney. Um, so tonight I'm kind of switching gears a little bit preaching. But as I was thinking about, okay, you know, preparing my sermon, I realized that preaching a sermon is like kind of similar to trying a case. And I got some good experience with that in law school, which is nice. Um, they're similar because you want to make sure you keep people's attention, you're trying to be persuasive, and ultimately you want them to take a hold of what you're trying to say. And it has a consequential impact. So similar like strategies and I don't know, things like that. But there's also like a few differences. One, what they say about lawyers are like, it's kind of right, you know, about them being like, I won't say liars, but we can bend the truth a little bit. And there's a reason for that. You know, you have to be a zealous advocate. So you have to make your truth fit what, you know, what your client needs. And obviously you shouldn't do that when you preach. Um, I'm preaching from the Bible. I'm not bending any truths tonight. Um, second, when you're trying a case, you are like, as a lawyer, you're not supposed to talk about yourself and you like can't talk about Jesus. Um, I've already talked about myself some, and I'm definitely gonna talk about Jesus. So that's a little different. Um, and finally, if you're a jury in a, like a case, you just have to like sit very quietly and take your notes. And you guys, if you want, you can sit quietly and take your notes. But if you want to like throw out like a amen or like preacher Aaron, um, I won't object to that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I swear that's like the last like lawyer pun I'll use um, as well. 
but um, like I said, I'm excited to like have this opportunity and speak to you tonight on power. And you know, Katie texted me a little while ago, and she, you know, told me that she wanted me to preach on power on election night, which is kind of like, well, that once again shows how much faith she has in me. Um, very generous herself in that. Um, but power, you know, that could go a few different ways. Um, depending on who you are, you might think of different things when you hear the word power. If you're a physics major, you might think, oh, the time rate of doing work measured in watts or less frequently horsepower. If you're a math major, you might think the number of times a certain number is to be multiplied by itself. If you're a government or politics major, you might think a state or country, especially one viewed in terms of its international influence or military strength, like a colonial power or whatever. Um, if you're me in C years, you might think about that one class you had um, in your self-defense class in college where your teacher asked everyone to go around and say like a word to, you know, describe your experience with the class. And it was women's self-defense and all the girls were saying like, oh, confidence, safety. And you said, power. Um, and everyone kind of gave you that weird look. Uh, that's what I think about sometimes when I hear the word power. Um, but I'll, I'll jump back to that again, actually, at the end. So stay tuned for that. Um, but tonight, after tonight, I, when you think of the word power, I want you to be reminded of the power of the Holy Spirit in you and how God wants to use you to do some pretty powerful things. Um, and so let's pray and get into it. Dear Lord, we just thank you again for this night, Lord. I just thank you for the amazing blessing it is to be together as the body of Christ, to be together as a united body of Christ, to be one body, one family tonight, um, on a night that is so divided across our nation, Lord. Truly, there is no better place to be than to be here in your presence with our family, Lord God, diving into your word. And so first, God, I just thank you. I thank you and I praise you for this opportunity, for this time we have together, Lord. And I just pray that you would just open up our hearts and our ears to hear what you have for us tonight, Lord, that we would walk out of this place differently from how we came and that that would make an impact in our lives and the lives of others around us. In your name I pray, amen. All right, so yeah, this word power, it has a little bit of extra sting to it, I guess you could say, when we look at it in this context of 2020. Um, and maybe even more when you're thinking about this election that's happening literally right now. We've heard kind of a lot of different talk about power um, throughout this whole year when it comes to the Black Lives Matter movement, when, we, when it comes to COVID-19. Um, in some ways, it feels like it's really coming to a head with this election. Some people think, oh, this president, president will solve COVID for us. So this president will fix racism. Um, and many people have put their hope in what, you know, what do we say, the leader of the most powerful nation of the world. And honestly, we were just talking about it right here um, earlier. People are putting their hope now or looking for a place to put the hope now more than ever. Because one thing that 2020 has illuminated for most, if not all of us, is that this world is broken. Throughout the year, um, we have seen how things have felt kind of out of control, maybe a little bit overwhelming. And what's worse is that many have felt like they have no power when it comes to all of it. We have lost control. There's not much that we can do about it. And for many, that's very scary. And so what do we do when we're scared and when things are broken? Oft often we look for people or things to fix it. 
And because often, you know, often we are earthly people living in this world, we look for earthly systems and worldly people to help fix those things. Maybe if the Supreme Court looked like this, or maybe if our president looked like this, everything could get fixed. Um, but we know that's not right, <laughs> right? Um, that's wrong because that may be how the world looks at it, but tonight, you know, we're gonna look at it reframed because we know that while the world may put their hope in earthly sources of power, that we can put our real hope in the one who holds all of the power, and that is Jesus, our Messiah. And so that brings us to our scripture tonight, which is Isaiah 61, and we'll mostly be in uh, verses one through three. So I'll give you a moment to turn there. Uh, but this passage is about our Messiah and the very good news um, and the message of hope that he brings for us. All right, so when you get there, um, if your Bible has the same chapter heading as mine, you'll see that the heading is Year of the Lord's Favor. And I know, I know guys, I know, I know, I know. That is like the most ironic passage for me to pick to preach on tonight. It might seem even a little bit cruel. I promise I'm not cruel. And I know, I know, I know it's ironic. But it's really um, what I felt like the Lord um, has for us tonight. Um, so actually, I'm going to ask if you guys wouldn't mind standing up uh, to read this passage together with me. And that's just you know a way to honor the Lord and his word as we read it together. So again, Isaiah 61 one through three it says the spirit of the sovereign lord is on me because the lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our god to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Amen. All right, you guys can sit down. All right, so this chapter starts off with this powerful proclamation the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. And one cool thing about this whole passage, Isaiah 61, is that we see in Luke, Jesus gets baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. Then he goes into the wilderness for 40 years. When he comes back, he goes to the synagogue. And this is actually the passage that he reads from in the, in, in the synagogue. Um, and that's cool because it's about him. He's the Messiah. <laughs> and he actually says that the, after when he's done reading, he says, today, the scripture is fulfilled by your hearing. And then to make it like extra clear, he then like sits on an actual throne in a synagogue. So like, I am the Messiah, y'all. Um, and I love when Jesus does things like that. But um, anyway, so Jesus is filled with the Holy Spirit. He goes into the wilderness. And then once again, this is the first thing that he reads. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. And I really think that's a really great way to get things rolling because that is a pretty huge deal. And it's a big deal for us because when we enter into a relationship with God, the Holy Spirit dwells in us. You are then a literal temple of the Holy Spirit. God is in you and God is with you. And really that kind of just baseline simple truth, that reality 
is I think just a reminder that maybe we could all use in this time, all use in this year as there is a lot of stress and fear going on, just that reminder that God is with you. You are not alone. And so you, you do not need to fear like this world is in fear right now. As it's written 365 times in the Bible, one for every day of the year, even a super long year like 2020, it says, do not be afraid, the Lord is with you. And I get it. I really do. It has been a hard year. And there's some scary things going on. Um, there's been, you know, a COVID scare in my family in the past 40 hours. And that's kind of hit me in a different way than like 2020 has generally, you know, when it gets personal. Um, so it's so easy to feel scared and anxious and powerless these days. Um, but as 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I'm just going to read that one more time for you all. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Say power. power. Okay, now say it like you mean it. Power. Thank you. <laughs> power, love, and a sound mind. And is that not what we need right now? Power, love, and a sound mind. It's not, is that not what this world is missing? And for some of you, this one truth that God is with you, this might be like the one you know nugget that you need to hold on to tonight um and let me tell you if it is that is enough and that's a powerful truth to hide in your heart to meditate on i remember my first year of law school so the first year of law school was like notoriously hard everyone tries to like scare you to death about it and for me it honestly was like the worst year of my life and not for all the reasons that people tell you but emotionally physically just in many ways it was super hard and the, really there was like four words that got me through that year and i was just i'm not alone and that was it you know and that was enough you know in my heart i wanted something more like okay god like there must be some reason for this like something big or something something deep something but it was really just i'm not alone and hanging on to that anchor it, it just anchored me throughout that whole year and that got me through so that truth that you are not alone it is powerful and if that's what you need to hear tonight if that's what you need to meditate on that is enough you have my permission right now you can black out you can zone out the rest of the sermon if you just want to be thinking about that okay because that is a powerful truth um, it's no small thing that this perfect, loving, miraculous, powerful Holy Spirit is living in you, okay? Um, so that is enough to hold on to tonight. But there is more because the Holy Spirit isn't just in you, chilling. The Holy Spirit is working on you and working in you. And can I get a hallelujah for that, right? I know I need that. <laughs> and through the work of the Holy Spirit, we are transformed. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. And I found a church in Baltimore. And because of Katie, I didn't find it. Katie found it for me. Uh, I'm telling you, she's the best, you guys. I'm not, like, seriously. Um, so I found this great church in Baltimore. And it's wonderful. And we have these Wednesday night services and the really great they're called encounter and i'll tell you like honestly i encounter the lord every single week there um but even though it's 2020 we still sing Waymaker every single week every single week we sing Waymaker. um but you know i'm not mad about it because it's a great song and it has some powerful truths and you know the part that always gets me is just when we sing like even when i don't see it he's working <laughs> even when i don't feel like he's working he never stops he never stops working and that reminder is a reminder that I need every week is an encouragement. Um, and I'm aware 
that I do need the Holy Spirit. I need his transformation in our life. And we all do. We do need the Holy Spirit in us and we need him to be working because in this in the Lord's awesome plan for this broken world, he has decided for some crazy reason to include you, that he wants you to be a part of it. And not just you as you are, but because that wouldn't be that helpful, but you with the Holy Spirit in you and with the power of the Holy Spirit in you. So let's go back to Isaiah 61. It says, so the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on you and has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim freedom for the captives, release from darkness for the prisoners, to comfort, to provide. It goes on in verse four to say that his people will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore places long devastated. Now I know you're thinking, okay, ruin and devastation, those words ring a bell <laughs> lately. Um, but once again, this year really has made clear that this is a broken world that is in need of a savior. With COVID-19, we have seen the true realities of sickness and of death, um, but we've also seen you know, growths of other horrible things, broken things in this world, like um, divorce, poverty, domestic violence, um, and the mental illness that comes with all that anxiety, depression. With the Black Lives Matter movement, we've been more aware, hopefully, of the racism in our country, of oppression, and also the response of arrogance and violence and confusion. Um, all around us, there are the poor, there are the brokenhearted, there are the captives, there are the prisoners, there are those in need of comfort and of provision. And we, the church, have been called to meet those needs. We are not to be just a people standing by, wallowing in hopelessness. We are called to action. We are called to love. Because you guys, what is the first and greatest commandment? Anyone know? That's right. And then what's the second? Exactly. Love your neighbor as yourself. To love others. And one of my favorite quotes on love, I actually heard it for the first time, I think at a Chi Alpha Fall Retreat, so you should always go to those, um, is that love finds a need and meets it. And there are many in need, especially now, and we have been called to meet those needs. Um, I'm sure we all know someone who in the past few months has lost a job, someone who is probably sick with COVID, um, we know many that are um, facing depression, anxiety, and just loneliness. That's, you know, the poor in spirit that the Bible talks about. And just all around, we have seen, um, yeah, just the pain, the painful effects of sin in our world. Um, but however, and I will say also on top of all of that, can you imagine facing all of this and then not knowing the hope and love of Jesus Christ? who without, without having the assurance that one day you get to spend eternity with Jesus without any more weeping or crying. Um, that is the needs around us. And the question is, how will you help meet those needs? And how will you love? Because there's a lot that I could say about power and about purpose, um, but it really does just come down to love and about our God of love and how he loves us so deeply, so extravagantly, and out of an overflow of his love for us, we are to love others. Um, and so when you talk about power, really, you know, we should talk about love because truly um, love is powerful. Love changes people and it changes things. It changes um, our world. Um, and, it's, and God tells us to love people. And I would just say too, 
as a side note, but maybe one that some of us might need to hear tonight, one of the most powerful ways that we see love is when we love like Jesus tells us to love, and that is to love our enemies. And that's one of those things that, I don't know, I feel like growing up that felt kind of like fall off, like, what are my enemies? But as we've seen today, if we look around, um, most people in our country believe that there is an enemy that next in the house next door to you, um, your face, half your Facebook friends. Um, and so part of loving is loving those that we don't agree with um, and those that we might see as an enemy even right now today. And so maybe you need to hear that tonight. Maybe you need to share that message with someone else <laughs> too. Um, but that is also very powerful. Um, and another thing I like about that quote, that love finds a need and meets it, is just kind of this action of finding a need. It really does kind of take things up a notch. It's not just waiting for like a need to come to you. It's going out and seeking it. And I think that is really particularly relevant for you guys as college students. And I do believe that this is kind of a very special time in your life, a unique time in your life, where you can really kind of dive deeper into what does that look like for you. Um, I believe, and I know, I will say I know <laughs> that you guys are all made on purpose and for purpose. And now I think is a great time to seek the Lord and trying to see what that is. How has God made you, created you with your unique gifts and abilities and talents to bring his kingdom here? And for me, you know, I'll tell a little bit about my story. Um, I came to college, 99% sure I was going to be a dentist. Um, and then I had a meeting with one of my advisors. And she was like, why? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> After that meeting, I not wanted to be a dentist. Um, and yeah, she, she convinced me of like, okay, if you don't have a good reason, if there's like no reason why you can say why you Aaron Seegers to be a dentist, maybe that's not what you should be. Um, so from there, I was like, okay, so what in the world? I was really set on being a dentist. So I really had no idea. Um, and you know, I just kind of want to help people. That's basically, that's literally like the line I had after that I walked out of that meeting and for a while. Um, but you know, with the Lord, I kind of went on a journey and the Lord, you know, revealed things to me. And just some of what that journey looked like, I'll say one of them was just some pretty powerful experiences that I had. Um, just honestly, it started with a spring break trip with Kayafa. <laughs> My first year I went down to Atlanta and we worked with a bunch of different, um, communities of need and I noticed that one that particularly um, impacted me was when we worked with some children in a public housing area that was actually right next to a prison and oh my gosh I literally in this moment I always knew their significance to the fact that it's next to a prison but um, God has called me this is like getting to the punchline kind of but God has called me to <laughs> be with children who are in prison um, but that first instance is really what impacted me and then from there i you know i joined a club that worked with children in a low-income neighborhood in charlottesville um began to really see that okay this is something that i like doing something that kind of stirs my heart in a different way so i started taking some classes um that had to do with children and children and kind of more hard situations and that became kind of my major and like i said i'm just you know generally praying and seeking the lord and trying to figure this out for myself and then it kind of came to like a climax when one night I was lying in bed and I had actually just come back from another missions trip. 
So maybe that's another lesson in all this. You should go on missions trips. They're great. <laughs> um, and I was just praying with the Lord, and I said, God, like I, I still don't really know what you want me to do. I'm getting some idea of like children, and I was starting to get a little bit interested in the law, but I'm really not sure, Lord. But whatever you want to use me, just I just want to give my whole life to you. <laughs> so just show me what is the best thing I can do for you and for your kingdom. And I really wasn't expecting an answer. But before I went to bed, I decided to open up my Bible and read a psalm before bed. And so I did that, just kind of opened up my Bible randomly. And on that page, there's only one verse that was underlined. And it was Psalms 82, 3 and 4, which says, Defend the cause of the fatherless, uphold the rights of the poor and oppressed. So I was like, okay. <laughs> I got that, you know. And then from there, you know, God really confirmed that in a number of ways. Um, just the classes I took, I could tell... Um, you know this was the right fit for me and I would say part of that process too was really um, putting in some effort to see okay what what are the gifts that the Lord has given me and how could I use those to serve this community of need I knew that God wanted me to work with these children in you know low-income areas and urban areas I wasn't sure the best way to do that and as I grew closer to the Lord I would say the more I grew closer to the Lord the more I think I was able to see who I really was and through that process, um, God just made it super clear that he wanted me to be a lawyer to defend the fatherless, um, to uphold the rights of the poor and oppressed. And so that's why I went to law school, and that's what I plan to do with my life. And I just share that story to say, um, and I'll say first of all, like, that was my story, that's my personal story. I know that every person has a unique story. Please don't use that as like a blueprint in any way. But kind of the point is that um, I have seen so often, even of people much older than me, that they kind of just get thrown into doing something. <laughs> and it's not what they wanted. It's not anything that brings them any type of joy. They're not, um, you know, using it for God's glory in any way. They just kind of get pushed into, into it, whether it's by society's pressures or just, you know, from their parents or whatever. Um, not to say that your parents don't have wisdom in this. Um, <laughs> they definitely do a lot of the time. Um, but that's just to say that you um, have been created for a purpose. And that purpose is to love and to meet needs and to bring this kingdom to earth. And God has a way for you to do that. And I think now is the time to really um, just take some time to think about that. Um, because, yeah, he wants to use you. Um, and finally, what I'll just say about this you know this plan that god has for us to love and to meet those needs is that um just to clip a little bit of confusion that i think i think is in the church right now is that that is either physical needs or spiritual needs um but kind of one and not the other or one over the other um and really god's plan is for us to meet both of those needs and to love to truly love you do necessarily have to meet both of those needs um, like the story of the Good Samaritan, of like the priest walking past the man on the side of the road to get to church. How can he say he really loves, you know, loves the Lord, loves people when he's neglecting those physical needs? On the other side, if we just, um, you know, just focus on the spiritual needs of others but ignore um, the pain and the very real earthly needs that are right before us. Jesus cared about both, um, and so we should follow that example and do the same. And now I just kind of want to go back, all the way back to the beginning, to verse 1 of Isaiah 61. Um, so we reverse a little bit because this is where it all comes together. It says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to 
do all those things we just talked about, to love others, to meet those needs. And I love that that verse is consequential, that it is causal, because we have not just received the power of the Holy Spirit for no good reason. We have received the power of the Holy Spirit for good reason. We have the power of the Holy Spirit because we needed to do the things that God has called us to do. All those things I just mentioned about meeting those needs, loving others, it's hard. It's hard to give sacrificially. It's hard to live sacrificially as love requires for us, to put others before you, to risk humiliation and rejection. Um, we need the Holy Spirit and its transforming power in our lives to be able to do that, to be able to help us to love others. I don't know if you guys are familiar with like Myers-Briggs, like that personality test. I used to be more into it, but one thing I learned is that I am an ENTJ. Um, and I'll give you some descriptions of NTJs. They are known to be ruthless, harsh, crushing those they think are weak. Um, and some examples of NTJs are Putin, Lex Luthor, Napoleon Bonaparte. <laughs> um, I think I've read Stalin before. Um, so that is who I am, guys. <laughs> and I know you're thinking, no, not you, Erin. You're like, you're so sweet. You want to help the kids. Um, but no, it is. It is me. Um, <laughs> when I first read that results, it's just some more things than that, but I'm like, yes. I'm truly an ENTJ, but honestly, usually when I tell people what I am, I usually like to say like, oh no, like I'm a reformed ENTJ, or you could say reframed, or like I'm a, I'm a saved ENTJ is really the best way to put it. And honestly, I will say, the Myers-Briggs test is kind of cool, because I will say that is one way where I, it's a testimony in a way, because I have seen how the Holy Spirit has worked in me, because all those horrible things that my like personality story says about me is, is me. That is my flesh. I know it's there. Um, but the fact that sometimes people are surprised I'm an ENTJ is really the work of the Holy Spirit in me. I probably wouldn't be in the field that I am um, wanting to help these children if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit working in me and transforming me. Um, and through the Holy Spirit, he can tra transform us to be people of love, of joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Through the Holy Spirit, we have the power to give sacrificially, to give a voice to the voiceless. Um, the, the leading of the Holy Spirit um, gets us to have divine interventions. It gives us the courage and the boldness to share the gospel with the right person at the right time. And it gives us the words to do so. I didn't even get into this, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have the literal power to do miracles, to prophesy over others, to heal the sick. Um, I've seen it done, and that is powerful stuff. And one other thing that the Lord has given us for to use, all of us in this room at least, um, is privilege. And um, I know that may not seem as spiritual, but it is biblical. We see this, you know, in the story of Esther, Queen Esther, who was just placed into a position of privilege. But we see how God used that place of privilege and the power and of influence that she had to save the people, <laughs> to save all of the Jews. In the same way, each and every one of us here in this room have a privilege. We have a voice that many others don't. Um, you guys are American college students. I know already just from looking at you guys, you are incredibly smart <laughs> and bright and caring compassion. God has given you so many gifts, um, including privilege, and we are meant to use that. And once again, this is not to say it is easy. Even with Esther, we see it was costly. She risked her life to go into that king's chambers and beg for her people. Um, 
but that is what we are called to do we are called to love and love is costly it's not easy but once again that is why we have the holy spirit in so many ways we are fighting against you know our flesh we're fighting against this world we are fighting against a very real enemy that tells us to do the opposite of love but greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world and the holy spirit has given us the power to love to meet the needs of this broken world um, god did not leave us to do this alone he didn't say rebuild and restore good luck he's given us the holy spirit so that through his power we can be a part of saving this broken world so these days i know we are constantly hearing about hopelessness and despair and we fear powerless and that makes sense if you look around in a way but you as a child of god you just need to remember that god is bigger than this and god is living in you that you don't have to be afraid and that god wants you to be a part of fixing this broken world and the power of love um, is really greater than any it's greater than COVID 19 <laughs> it is greater um, than all the other um, sin and brokenness that we have seen in this and so i didn't i told you i was going to like come back to like my story of the self-defense class um uh, so i gave this word power and what i didn't know is that um my teacher was going to like basically she stamped each of our words onto like a necklace and so i have this necklace here that my teacher gave me and it says power um sometimes people look at the and they see the p and they're like oh peace and i'm like no it says power <laughs> and um but what i didn't mention is that when that semester when i took that um class i was really um beginning to realize what it meant to have the holy spirit living in me and the power of the holy spirit and so maybe that was like subconsciously why i said power because that's what i was thinking about and meditating on in that season of my life um, but i was so so grateful to actually have this token this necklace that says power on it because every time i wear it i'm reminded that the power of the holy spirit is in me that i'm not alone that i have been empowered that i don't have to stand on the sidelines and feel hopeless and scared and fearful and just in despair all that's around me that god wants to include me to meet the brokenness of this world and that's a reminder that i need it and that's a reminder that i need every day and so i don't know what you guys have to do what you want to do i wish i could give you all necklaces i don't know if you would wear them i don't know um but if you have to write it on a sticky note and put it on your mirror but remember in these times especially tomorrow you know as you know the our country might be acting crazy um that you don't have to be afraid that the lord is with you and that he wants to include you in all of this and this makes a huge difference and it does set us apart from this world um the end of you know isaiah 1 through 3 says that he has bestowed on us a crown of beauty instead of ashes the, the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair and how different does that look from this world it finally continues to say we will be called oaks of righteousness a planting of the lord for the display of his splendor and i truly believe that if we take hold of just these truths if we take hold of the truth that the holy spirit is in you that he has empowered you to love to meet needs um that is a beautiful way <laughs> to display the splendor of the lord to show his goodness and his um, grace and his love for this whole world um, and what a joy it is that we have been given an opportunity to display the lord's splendor
so tonight just to close i think um in this room there's probably people in two camps maybe you're in both the camps um but first one is maybe you are just in need of some hope tonight and maybe you really just need that reminder that the lord is with you and that he is working on you um maybe you just need to be strengthened and encouraged i know it has it has been a hard year and i don't want to brush that aside because that is very real um but you have the holy spirit in you um and it's important to remember that if you just have to repeat that over and over again sometimes that is what needs to be done and just you know a few ways to really take hold of that truth one i think um, there are things that distract from that truth <laughs> and there are things in this world that tell you you are alone and you should be scared and you should um, have anxiety about all this and so i think it's worth it to figure out what are those distractions <laughs> what are those distractions from those truths honestly the first one that i thought about was social media and i was not one to like i know i might have like facebook and instagram and stuff and for the first time really i deleted my facebook like about a month ago and it really it really has been helpful i'll say that has been my experience and um it has just you know it was a distraction a distraction that was not bringing me to the truths of um, god often is often um, a source of anxiety and a fear in my life and so that was a distraction that i pinpointed in my life um, that has made once i've gone rid of it has made more room for me to focus um, on the truths of the lord um, and also just you know what is helpful to focus on his truth and on the truth that he is with you um, you guys know this there the angles are right there real devotion and real community especially um spending just that extra time in your bible spending that extra time in prayer as things get harder that's the more time we need to be in his word and reminded of the truth of um, his gospel and so you know spend that extra few minutes in the bible spend that extra minutes in prayer to really center yourself on those truths um, and finally community is also a great help in that who are you listening to in all of this or listen to the world, or you listen to, um, yeah, your family, the body of Christ. Um, and often that can be a great tool to point you to the truth. Uh, finally, the second camp is maybe you are in a position where you need some help just figuring out how you fit in all this, figuring out your role in all of this. Maybe you're not sure um, just, yeah, how God wants to use you. Maybe you're feeling a little bit hopeless and confused right now. Um, and I'll say for some of you guys, um, the first step is honestly just opening your eyes and softening your heart. Um, one thing that has been unfortunate to see, I, I think, is that our church um, could be doing better when it comes to empathy and compassion. Um, our Lord is one who um, is the most empathetic and compassionate person who has ever walked this earth. He says that he is near to the brokenhearted. He collects our tears. And that is the example that we need to follow. Um, and there are some of us, maybe it's you in this room, or maybe it's just someone um, you know, but um, to be Christians, to be considered little Christ, we do really have to be people of love. And that includes um, seeing needs and opening our eyes to see those. Um, some, some people might not admit that they um, don't care. Some people, you know, will be slow to validate um, the needs of others. And 
through I do believe through the Holy Spirit we can be transformed and that once again he does change our hearts and he convicts us the Holy Spirit convicts us of our heart um, but I believe sometimes we have to first pause um, and take that step of humility to say Lord will you open up my eyes Will you soften my heart? Will you help me see the needs of others, Lord God? Help me to, help my heart to break for the things that break your heart. Um, and that is hard, because like I said, that takes humility. Um, but even as we said, you know, we prayed that verse, it says, if my people will humble themselves and pray, then we will see healing to our land. And I believe that some of us tonight, we have to repent and we have to humble ourselves. And we have to say, Lord, open our eyes and soften our hearts so that we can be a people of love, that we can meet those needs that we've been called to do. And, you know, I think praying and repentance is part of that. But there's also, you know, just some practical things uh, when it comes to that. It has been proven that people who read more um, are more compassionate, that they have more empathy. And there are lots of great books out there. Um, I will say Just Mercy, that was like a pretty big, you know, part of my story. That was, you know, reading that book was a confirmation for me and for what I believe the Lord had to do with me. And it really did make me more empathetic, honestly. Um, and so you could read books. There's lots of things online. Um, and also, too, just to spend time with people who are different from you. Um, often we really just need to hear a new perspective and just to get to know someone. Once you know someone, um, I think it's easier to love them. And so... Those are just a couple practical tips for that. Um, and then also just if you need some guidance and what the Lord is calling you to do, um, just with your vocation and, and things like that, I believe, first of all, it is worth it just again to just pause and, and see the Lord in that. Sometimes it's, once again, like I said at the beginning, it's the simple things that can trip us up. <laughs> and so often in my life, I'll be, you know, trying to figure out something, trying to figure it out, and then I'll think, wait a second, have I even prayed about this? Um, so really, the Lord has a plan for you. He is invested in you. Um, and so he cares about what you will do with your life. And so just seek him in that. Um, and I'm not, you know, I can't say that he is going to drop a Bible verse in your lap um, like he did for me that night. But I believe it would happen more often if you prayed for it, maybe. Um, so maybe just saying. Um, prayer is consequential. You have not because you ask not. Um, but also, you know, you don't have to have everything figured out. It's just good to start somewhere so like i said there are needs all around us and a great thing about being on a college campus is that i know there are volunteer groups all around so i just encourage you to just do it just get involved with something um and both you know that pleases the lord to um meet needs you know sign up for to help a widow or you know mentor children work out a soup kitchen um those are things that we have called to do uh, but also those spiritual needs as well. And that can be as simple as just talking to the person next to you in class. I actually don't know if you guys are in real class, so maybe it's like chatting on Zoom. Um, but the idea is, um, you know, this phrase I actually learned in my first year class was just the seat next to you. Um, that is, God loves the person sitting in that seat next to you. God wants to be in a relationship with that person. And sometimes it's as easy as just striking up a conversation and building a relationship with that person next to you. I was encouraged to do that my first semester of college. Um, and I have testimonies. I have stories about God, of what God did. From literally just saying hello, how are you doing to the person next to me? And the opportunities that he opened for me to share the gospel, to give Bibles, to pray over my classmates. And so that is just a simple way to, yeah, get started in this. <laughs> um, and so I hope that you guys would, you know, consider at least pray about, you know, incorporating that in your life. Um, but no matter what camp you're in, um, 
yeah, I just hope that you guys hang on to this reminder that the powerful Holy Spirit is living in you and that he has empowered you to help bring um, his kingdom to earth, okay? And so I'll just uh, pray over that for you guys. Dear Lord, I just thank you again for this night, Lord, for this amazing opportunity to be with your people. God, I thank you for each and every person in this room. Lord, I believe it's not an accident that you brought them here, that you've brought them to Chi Alpha and even just to this room tonight, Lord. Once again, I just thank you for bringing us here together and for meeting us here tonight. I just, I personally thank you, Lord, for the encouragement and the blessing that it has been to be um, with these amazing people tonight, Lord. And as our country is at a crossroad, Lord God, as our country is um, faced with uh, just so much fear um, and stress in this moment, Lord. I thank you that you have called us to be different, Lord God. I thank you that you um, have given us your Holy Spirit, God. I thank you that we are not alone in all of this, Lord God. And I thank you that you have included us, God, us and your plan for this world, Lord. And so I just pray, God, for, yeah, once again, for each and every person in this room, I pray that they would take hold of that reminder, Lord. I pray that right now you would just bury that deep into their hearts, Lord. And I pray that they would remind themselves encourage themselves as that of that truth tomorrow when they wake up throughout the day throughout the next day despite what comes their way Lord God I pray that you would remind them of that truth and that it would make truly all of the difference in their lives and the lives all around them we love you Lord and we thank you amen